0: I want to bring you a message tonight. I'll make this one brief, maybe an hour, hour and a half, but anyway. (laughs) I want to talk to you tonight about heaven. I want to talk to you tonight about heaven for a little while. You know what he says in in the book? Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again, and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also." Someone said to me, Dr. Lincoln, do you believe that heaven is a place? Yes. Just as real as any city of this earth. The professor stood before the class morning after morning and said, Young gentlemen, heaven is not a place, it's only a condition. Hell is not a place, it's only a condition. That sounded learned, didn't it? But that's silly and senseless. Because you cannot imagine a place, you cannot imagine a place that is not permanent. Heaven is a place, you'd have to have a reality to contain a reality. And as the professor said morning after morning, heaven is only only a condition, hell is only a condition men going down the road one morning, and he met an old gentleman coming. And he said to him, He said to him, Heaven is not a place. Heaven is only a condition. But he said to this, he said to this old gentleman when he met him, He said, As I came down the road, I saw two serpents take each other by the tail. And they started swallowing each other, and they swallowed each other till so they swallowed each other out of sight. And there wasn't anything left for, of either of them. And he scratched his head a minute and said, boss, that might be possible, but before God I don't sound reasonable to me. And yet I could think of there being a condition, I could think of, the, of two surfaces swallowing each other out of sight as easily as I could think of there being a condition without a place a heaven would have to be a place. He said, I go to prepare a place for you. And then he said this, Lay not up for yourself treasures upon earth, where moth and rust and crooked politicians break through and steal. Lay, lay not up for yourself treasures on earth, but lay up, on, lay up treasures in heaven, where moth and rust doth not corrupt, neither do thieves break through and steal. You couldn't lay up treasures in the condition you'd have to have a place to lay up treasures in. So heaven would have to be a place if we laid up our treasures. And did you know this? He said, lay not up for yourself treasures upon earth. You can't lay up anything for yourself on earth. All that you lay up for yourself, you're laying up for someone else. All that you lay up for uh, for yourself, you're laying up for someone else. The only thing you'll ever lay up for yourself is what you lay up beyond the grave. The old bachelor, they thought he was a millionaire. Many of his friends and his family thought he had a million dollars, but nobody ever came to see him. And one day he died. And of course the buzzards all came in to hear the will read. And when they opened the envelope and started to read it, he said, Being of a sound mind, I spent every dime I had before I died. And you talk to a fellow about laying up, working every day, and he said, I'm laying up for Sally and the children. My brother, if you could see yourself about six months after they plant you, if you could come back and see her with her new teeth and the girls with their new dresses and the son-in-laws on in the lawsuit over what you left, you'd be surprised to see how well they were getting along without you. I believe that heaven is a place because you have to have a place to lay up treasures in. Now, I believe that when Jesus died, he died in a real, tangible body. When he died, he died in a real, tangible body. When he was buried, he was buried in a real, tangible body. And when he arose, when he arose, I believe he arose in a real body, literal body, of flesh and bone. Because on the way out they, 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 he said, put your fingers in my hand and thrust them into my side. He said, a, a spirit doesn't have flesh and bone as you see me have. And I believe in that body, in that body, when they, I believe in that body of crucifixion. When he arose, he arose in it. And he walked out onto the Mount of Olives and gave his valedictory address and went up into the heavens. And he, as he went up, they stood gazing and watching. And someone said, is that all we'll ever know of him? Is this all of it? Is he being taken away? Have we been invited into this marvelous fellowship to have it so suddenly terminated? And as they went up into heaven, they stood and watched until there was only a little speck way yonder in the heavens. And as they gazed up in a moment, it was gone. And they said, is that all? We will never hear from him again. <laughs> Well, we never hear from him again. And they said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, not another one, this same Jesus that you see taken up into heaven shall so come in like manner as you have seen him go. And he swept down the street of heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. And he sits there tonight in that same body, in the same body that he was crucified in, in the same body that he ascended in. <coughs> and he'd have to do that. He, he would have to have that, you see. And someone said, is that the same body? Yeah. He said, I looked, and there was a book, and no one was in the heavens or on the earth or under the earth was able to open the book and look upon it. John said, I started to weep. And an angel said, weep not, John. For behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah hath prevailed to open the book and to look upon it. And he said, I looked and I saw one standing in the midst as a lamb slain from the foundation of the world, with the marks of the slaughter still upon it. And he prevailed to open the book and to look upon it. And then they started to sing in heaven and on earth and under the earth, glory and honor and majesty and power and dominion. Be given unto him now and evermore. And so, my friend, Jesus is seated in heaven tonight in a literal body. A body body that was capable of eating and assimilating food. And a body with the marks of the slaughter still upon it. And when he comes back, when he comes back, he'll come back in that same body that he went up in. Why? Because, he said, when they look upon him whom they pierced, then will they cry and mourn as one mourns for an only son. Therefore, my friend, if Jesus Christ ascended into the heavens in a literal body and will return in that same literal body, then heaven must be a place. You say you think that heaven's a place? Yes, I do. You think it now exists? I think it does. And I believe tonight, if we could get on a missile tonight, and go out past the moon and the sun and the stars, and on out a million, a billion, trillion miles. Somewhere out yonder tonight, we find heaven, a literal city. 1,500 miles long, 1,500 miles wide, and 1,500 miles high. A One-fourth the measure of the city, 12,000 furlongs. Height and length and depth of it are equal. And out there somewhere, somewhere we find suspended tonight in heaven, a literal city. And I say that for this reason, because that city that is now suspended out there will someday come down and become the capital city of the new earth. It'll come down and become the capital city of the new earth. You say, Dr. Lincoln, do you believe that people are in it tonight? Yes, I do. Because I believe that my mother and my father and my boy, and I believe if I was to cease to breathe where I stand right here tonight, I believe the next moment I'd walk the streets with God and the angels and I'd have a literal place. And I think they're sitting out there tonight. I think my mother's in the grandstand tonight, sitting out there looking down this way. And I think my boy's out yonder tonight, and he's saying, Dad, don't give up now. You haven't got many more days to go. Bill will be coming one of these days. And it may be pretty soon. And so heaven, my friend, would have to be a place, and when it comes down, it comes down as the capital city of the new earth. Heaven, therefore, my friend, is not a dream. It's not a fairyland. It's not like that foolish, senseless song you sing sometimes about beautiful isle of somewhere. It's not a fairyland. It's not a dream. It's an absolute place. You say, what kind of a place is it? Well, it's a city of gates. It's a big place, for one thing. I used to hear the old-fashioned country preachers preach. And you know what they do? When they'd preach, they'd describe certain people and slice them off and put them in hell and off I'd go with that bunch. And then they'd, just slice, they'd describe another bunch and off I'd go with that bunch. And when he had finished slicing, I thought that heaven was a pretty small affair and that hell was a big... I thought about the only people would ever get there would be a few good old women and the old family doctor. But after I started reading my Bible, I found that heaven was spoken of as a much larger place than hell. Hell was spoken of as a lake or a gulf or a pit, the smallest water body of water. But heaven was spoken of as a city four square. You said, Dr. Lincoln, you believe then that that heaven out there tonight, that heaven is a reality, yes. I believe it is a reality. Let me say this to you, my friend. Let me say this to you, my friend. Heaven, You, you said, I thought heaven, you, you know what all I thought heaven was? I thought it was a place where you played a harp and had wings. That never would be much of a heaven to me, because I never cared for a heart very much. And a big chunk of cheese like me would look pretty going flopping around on a pair of wings. Amen. One old lady said, when I die, how, what puzzles me how I get my, my robe on over my wings? I said, what puzzles me when you kick off is how you'll get your hat on over your horns. That's what I'm worried about. And then I hear them sing, "I want to be an angel, and with the angels stand." It Was a great disappointment to someone that found out there would never be an angel. Well, honey, you'll never be an angel. Fellow said he married one. She's always up in there harping on something, but nothing to wear. <laughs> no, you're not going to be an angel. Heaven's a place. I believe in the morning of the resurrection, listen, I believe in the resurrection, we're going to have real bodies. Now, we're not going to be a spook. You're not going to be flitting around, knocking on chairs and kicking over tables. I believe in in the morning of the resurrection, we will have a body. What kind of a body will will we have? We'll have an incorruptible body. Everything that flows from this body is corruption gangrene, locomotor attack, all of it. All of it. Diabetes. will not have any of that. I asked the Lord to make me sweet and he overdid it. Let me tell you something, my friend. <laughs> but I want to say this to you. No, you're going to have a body that everything that proceeds from this body is corruption. The new body will be incorruptible. You'll have a body that will never know any corruption. The corruption and incorruption, mortal and immortal, those four words always refer to the body, never to the soul. Always refer to the body, never to the soul. So in the, out yonder in the cemetery tonight, when, I, when I'm dead, and they bury me out yonder. I might go up in the mountains of West Virginia tonight, take the cap off of a grave where my daddy was buried over 60 years ago. And I go down and in, in that handful of dust, I might find a little handful of dust, but I'll find in that a seed germ that will someday, like this, when you sow the wheat, the germ sow the seed of wheat, and it goes to work and pulls off its little brown shirt and warm by the sun, and moistened by the rain. It soon shoots up a little green stem, and then a larger one and a larger one, my friend. And someday, my friend, at the call of God and the sound of the trumpet, that dust there with that little germ still in it will come forth, my daddy, out of that with an incorruptible body. With an incorruptible body, a body that will never know any corruption. And then I'll be walking around down here. First thing you know, I'll be walking around down here and I start to leave the earth. And as I go up, I leave my shoes and boots and hats and tree, hanging on the treetops and the telegraph poles. And that'll be a big day for the undertaker. But let me say this to you. As I go up, my friend, as I go up, I will join him. Yonder, because the dead in Christ shall rise first. They got six feet further to come than we have. And so they, the dead in Christ shall rise first. And we which alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, ever to be with the Lord. What kind of a body will we have? We'll have a deathless body. We'll have a body that will never die. There'll never be any creep on the doorknob. Then the other thing, what kind of body will we have? We'll have a youthful body. You'll have a youthful body. No more gray hairs. Amen. You're going to have a youthful body. when we. Somebody said, what kind of a body? A little boy said to me out yonder in Texas one night, he said, Dr. Lincoln, my little brother that died when he was a baby, will he be a baby in heaven or will he grow up? I said, he'll grow up. There won't be any babies in heaven. And a mother said, oh, that would be terrible if my little baby isn't there. I said, would you want it to have be been a little baby for 30 or 40, 50 years, 100 years? There won't be any imperfections in heaven, my friend. There won't be any imperfections in heaven. Therefore, heaven will be a place and will have a body of perfection. Let me say another thing. Heaven's going to be a place. And it's going to be a big place. Heaven's going to be a big place. Why? Oh, but you said only 144,000 were saved. But after the 144,000, he said, After this, I looked, and behold, a great multitude that no man could number, of every kindred and nation and tongue and tribe. Oh, heaven's not heaven, not, but you said, Straight is the gate, and narrow is the way, and few there be that find it. Did you ever think of the crowd that didn't have to find the way? I believe that everyone that dies before the no right from wrong will go to heaven. Amen? Amen. God pity any man who believes that God created millions of little babies just to dump them into hell. I don't believe that at all. So we're going to have... That's what we're going to be in heaven, my friend. And you're going to have a deathless body. And you're going to have a youthful body. Why? You're going to have a body like the Lord Jesus Christ. He died at the age of 33 wouldn't it be wonderful to be 33 for all eternity? Some of you good women won't even have to snitch about it. The lady said that to her husband, honey, will you love me when my hair is turned to silver? He said, I guess I've loved you through three shades now already. <laughs> heaven's going to be a place. Heaven's going to be a big place. And heaven's going to be a place composed of a cosmopolitan population. Heaven's composed of a, a, a cosmopolitan population. I saw them come from the north and the south and the east and the west and sit down in the kingdom of God with Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. Away with the idea, my friends, oh I know there won't be any room for the selfish, no room for the selfish, no room for the little one, my friend. Listen, heaven's going to be composed of a cosmopolitan population. I doubt when you get to heaven if you can hardly tell one from the other. I saw a fellow the other day, and he said that only the Baptists would constitute the bride. I said, which branch of them? Independent Baptists, Fundamental Baptists, Convention Baptists, Buzzard Baptists? They're the ones that only go to church to a funeral. I said, if it's just your little goat pen, she'll be a slender maiden. You know something? I doubt if there'll be any Baptists in heaven. Or Methodists either. And I have my doubts about the Presbyterians. Whom do you think will be in heaven? I tell you, some old fashioned sinners saved by grace. Yeah. So heaven's going to be composed of a cosmopolitan population. And he said that heaven is a city of gates. A city of gates. You say, Dr. Lincoln, what has that to do with it? That signifies to me there's some special way to get in. And Jesus said, I am the door. By me. Not by the Baptist, the Methodist, the Presbyterian. Not by me. He said, by me if any man enters in. And would, God we could tear away all the brush sometimes and get everything out of the way and let people see Jesus. I, I saw this on the plain, going, on the plain of Bethlehem. I saw a flock of sheep and the goats were all mixed up among them. You couldn't hardly tell the sheep from the goats, except one way I could always tell them. The goats were always butting. They had oh, That's the way I can tell them in the church. They said, Yeah, we like our pastor, but. Yeah, he's a good man, but. Yeah, I like Dr. Farwell, but. You're lying like a dog. You wouldn't like him, or you wouldn't, but you like him, you don't like him, or you wouldn't buddy him. That's what I'm telling you about. When you start billy-goating your fellow, you don't like it. But I said, I said to a man, what do you do with these sheep at night? And he said, notice their fleece yonder, dirty. He said, at night, we have, they put them in the caves, the mountains. And then I, I said, how do they stay in? He said, we have a day shepherd and a night shepherd. And the night shepherd lies down across the opening, and they don't come out over it.' In other words, then he becomes, he, he becomes the door. And Jesus said, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in. By me, if any man enter in. But he said, there's another thing. There's twelve gates. That's one for every month in the year. Man can come up to heaven from any point of the compass. Amen. North, east, south, or west. When I first started preaching as a young preacher, I held meetings down in the Southland. And they always held them after the cotton was laid by. And they never thought about having any service except... The Saturday, except they started on Sunday, had dinner on the ground. Every morning they had dinner on the ground, day, uh, morning and noon, no, no night service. Then Saturday morning they baptized all that had come of age to, uh, during the year, and that ended it up. So I, began, I, I thought that a man couldn't go to heaven except on Saturday before the fourth Sunday in August. That's the only thing I ever thought we could make it on. But you know something? He said... There's twelve gates, one for every month in the year. And he said there are three gates. He said, "Why three gates? Why not just one?" I'll tell you why. It exhausted the Trinity: God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost to save you. And he said the gates were of pearl. Why weren't the gates gold? And the streets pearl. Do you know the history of a a pearl? The oyster gets a grain of sand in his shell, and he puts around that a certain mucus, and through the process of suffering, he forms the pearl. There was a time when the gates were closed, and you were not redeemed with silver nor gold, but with the precious blood and suffering of the Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, that's the reason he said the gates, and he said the gates shall not be shut at all by night. Shall not be shut at all by day. Why? Listen to me, my friend. In heaven there won't have any there won't be any night. You remember Enoch who went walking with God and he walks so close to God and he walks so far that when, when the evening came, God said, Enoch, you're closer to my house than you are to yours. Why don't you just come on in? And Enoch said, they might, not, they might not understand it. They might not understand it if I did that. And he said, they will. So Enoch went in to spend the day, and he's never been seen back on the earth. Because they don't have any night up there, and he's still spending the day. Let me tell you something, my friend. I'm glad there is, he said, in heaven there is no night. And in hell there is no morning. I thank God for the place, my friend. I've always been a coward after dark. I'm a coward of the, of the, of the darkness. But he said, in heaven there will be no night. In heaven there will be no night. Don't you imagine the, the Missing Persons Bureau had a time explaining the mysterious disappearance of Enoch? Don't you imagine when they met and tried to discuss it and they reasoned this way and that, but they could never quite figure it out or understand it? And they said to one of his servants, did you see him doing anything strange? He said, I don't know what you mean by strange. He said, well, like, uh, no. yes, he said, I believe I do, too. I believe I do remember a little something about a week before he went away. I heard him singing and humming a little tune. This world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. My treasures are all laid up. Like the fellow yonder of the plantation owner, they thought he had a little roof trouble. They thought his trolley was off. And they were looking most any day for the man with the butterfly net to come and get him. <laughs> and so they asked one of his servants about him. And they said, have you seen him acting strange? And he said, I don't know what you mean by strange. He said, well, like talking to himself. He said, yes, I have heard him talking to himself. And he said, well, what does he talk about when he's by himself? He said, I don't know, mister. I've never been with him when he's by himself. <laughs> 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 oh, let me tell. I get a lot of fun out of living. Amen. Let me tell you something, my friend. You know what? I'd like to ask another question. I promised John. I, I promised Doctor Allen. I'd make it short tonight. Listen, I'd like to ask another question or two. Suppose you were to, suppose you were to go see one today that's dying. And that person would say to you, I know I'm dying, but I know I'm going to heaven, but I know I'm dying. And I'd like for you to tell me something. What do you think will be, what would you say will be the joys of heaven? What would you say will be one of the joys of heaven? I wonder what you tell him. I wonder what you tell him. Listen, Dr. T. G. Martin, from whom I learned the gospel, Dr. Martin said when I was born just after the war between the states, And he said, when the South was left in poverty, and he said, my father went to town one day and bought some things he called oranges and some things he called coconuts. And he sliced the oranges and scraped the coconut on it. And then said, this is what we'll have when we get back on our feet. Gave every child not a spoon, not a bowl but just a taste. And he said, this is what we'll have. Then one day he bought some things he called lemons and made what he called lemonade and gave every child just a taste, just a taste. And he said, that's what we'll have when we get back on our feet. He said, I went to church as a little kid, and I sat there and swung a piece, and I listened to that preacher up there, and that preacher said, Up in heaven, we'll never want for anything. And people shouted, he said, and I sat there and thought. I thought heaven was a place where they had barrels and barrels of lemonade, and every kid had a dipper, and nobody told him to quit. I thought that heaven was a place where they had hogs of ambrosia, and every kid had a bowl and a spoon, and nobody told him to quit. Hog heaven. How much better is your idea of heaven than that? How much better is your idea of heaven than that? Call me a fool if you want to. My boy I'd rather my boy would have had an education, my friend. I'd rather he would have had an education and lived in poverty as to have had riches and lived in ignorance. Have you never been through I believe that one of the joys of heaven will be perfect knowledge. Now when thou, now we know in part, then so shall know even as we are known. Listen, let me tell you, having known that, let me ask you this, my friend. Have you ever had a desire to know? Have you ever reached out to know? I've had, since I was a kid, I've had an insatiable desire to learn. I wanted to read. I wanted to learn. I never had much opportunity. I'd never had the opportunity of formal education. I didn't have it. I've, I've read, I've studied, I've listened to me, young person. There may be some excuse for you being born dumb, but God knows there's no excuse for you remaining so. Here's the thing about it you say, Dr. Leakin, what would you? Yes, I'd like to have knowledge. Certain things I'd like to know. Certain things I'd like to know. I've read, I've, I've read as I've flown across the ocean, I've read as I've flashed across the continent on the train, I've read this book. And I've, some, oh, I've read it on my face. I've read it as I've flown in through the air. I've read it as I've ridden on the train. I've read it flat on my face. On the study in the, in the room. Or on, in my study. And I've bathed these pages with my tears. And then got up and there's so many things. Mysteries unsolved and things I do not understand. And I got up and said, God, I'm so ignorant. God, I'm so ignorant. But you know one day, one day I'll understand this book. One day he'll make it plain to me. One day the mysteries will be solved. A preacher said to me, Dr. Lincoln, Dr. Lincoln, when I get to heaven I won't ask the Apostle Paul while he put certain why he put certain things in this book. I said, Honey, when you get to heaven you won't have to ask him. When you get to heaven you won't have to ask him. Then shall we know, even as also we are known. There are heights I've never scaled, there are depths I've never fathomed, there are mysteries I've never solved. Some things I'll never know, disappointments I'll never know, until I get to heaven. Someone asked me about my son that went tragically at home to be with Jesus when I was 1,100 miles from home. someone said to me, Dr. Lakin, have you ever asked God Why? I went through a cemetery not long ago down in Florida. And it had a big word on a testimony that said, why? I said, I've never asked God why. i never asked God why. Because someday up in heaven, he'll make it plain to me. And until then, I'll watch and wait. Until then, I'll watch and wait. Oh, I love to preach. People would ask me to preach and ask them to let me. I get to heaven, I'm going to take the angels over in the corner and preach to them a little while. Because I know something they don't know. You don't mind if I shout a little I know something they don't know, and that's the joy of Christ's salvation. Oh sing along with us, I think the angels will, until we sing redemption story. But when we do that, they'll have to fold their wings because they do not know the joy that Christ's salvation brings. I have. I, have, I have preached to 25,000 people. I've preached to 25,000 people and then go home and fall upon my face and say, God, I fail in a thousand places. God, I'm so ignorant, I failed in a thousand places. Someday I'll be able to preach that. Somebody said, Dr. Lincoln, what are you going to do when you get to heaven? Well, I'll tell you what I think. I think I'll go down and sit down on the bank of the river of life and dab of my feet in the water a few days and then tell the Lord, if it doesn't matter, I'll go back down yonder and preach some more. I'll go back down yonder and preach some more. Listen, my friend, listen, I, I wish I could sing. I've always wanted to sing. My old voice would never sing. I, I listen to these singers, and how, how they sing it. I, I wish sometimes that I could do that. But I can't sing, but when I get to heaven... I you wait I'll him when my feet hits the shores. You come out on the front porch of your mansion in glory some morning and you say, Old woman, doctor Lakin's come, I hear him singing. Amen. And I walk out on the front porch of my mansion in glory and sing Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found, was blind, but now I see. Listen to me, my friend. You talk about singing the great songs I'd ever heard, the songs my mother sang. I can hear yet when she got the milk pails of a morning and started toward the milk gap, and I can hear she sang, "Jesus, lover of my soul, let me to Thy bosom fly. Other refuge have I none; hangs my helpless soul on Thee, hangs my helpless soul on Thee." let me tell you something my friend i went home to see her one day i lived in the little village 7 miles from town that is before we had roads that i could get down to the farm in the winter time so i went to the livery stable and hired a horse and rode down i'd go down to see my mother when i came home from a little meeting somewhere and one day i went in and i didn't see her and i went through the old parlor and i heard her singing I heard her singing and I went through the old parlor and I looked out on the back porch and I saw her sitting out there and she was singing. And she was doing that while she sang. How tedious and tasteless the hour when Jesus no longer I see. Sweet prospects, sweet birds, and sweet flowers have all lost their sweetness to me. The midsummer sun shines but dim the path. Oh, listen, my friend. Sunday, Sunday. I've seen my mother in my... Somebody said, Dr. Lincoln, do you think we'll know each other when we get to heaven? Well, I think I'd have less sense when I'm perfect than I do when I'm imperfect. I'll not only know, but I'll know more. Amen. I'll know more. John Jasper, that old eccentric Negro preacher young slave preacher yonder in Richmond, Virginia, was preaching one Sunday afternoon, and I never go to Richmond, but I don't go down to Jasper's little old church and see his old derby hat, his long tail coat, his Bible, and Jasper was preaching one Sunday afternoon to his crowd, both white and black. And then in a moment, Jasper broke down with emotion and went back into his little study. And got, as the people were leaving, he got control of himself and came back out on the platform. And as he stood there quivering like that like black giant, like a leaf in the autumn wind, as he stood there quivering, and he said, When old Jasper gets to heaven and the mighty angel said, Jasper, do you want your crown? I'm going to say, Yes, mighty angel, I want my crown. But I want to see my master Jesus first. And when a mighty angel said, Jasper, he wants a robe. As glad to say yes, my angel, I want my robe, but I want to see my master Jesus first. Listen, my friend, when I get to heaven, I want to see, I want to see my mother, I want to see my father, I want to see my boy. But first of all, I want to go up and thank as best I can the blessed heavenly Father that He ever gave His Son, Jesus, to die upon a cross for me. And then I want to thank Him, I want next to thank Him for giving His life upon a cross. And then as best my own. My old tongue will do it. I want to ask the, I want to thank the blessed Holy Ghost that one night yonder as a little boy, seventeen years of age. He convicted me of my sin, and I walked down the aisle of a little country church and knelt to the little pine mourner's bench and heard him as he came down the aisle with a cross on his back and a crown on his head. He said, "What can I do for you?" And I said, "Do for me that that I cannot do for myself." I wasn't in a great demonstration that night, but there came a deep, settled peace into my soul that'll stand across your world. My mama looked like she was walking on a sea of glass. I walked out of that building that night, night and the stars came out on dress parade and the trees bowed down their head and said, We're glad. as I walked over the little red clay hills, I sang, Hallelujah, tis done. I believe on the sun. I'm saved by the blood of the crucified one. And then as Uncle Bud said, the Lord threw a chunk of salvation over heaven and threw it, and, and hit me in the left side of the soul and turned over a whole tub of honey it has been oozing out between my ribs now for 81 years. And tonight, my pancake tree is loaded to the water line my honey palm's full to the brim and I got a bee gum in the backyard of my soul had had been robbed this year I believe a bee's going to swarm tonight let me tell you <laughs> oh listen to me one day my brother my brother-in-law called me one day in Indianapolis and said you better come home mother's pretty sick my brother it was I got in my car and drove 300 miles Back to West Virginia and walked up that little path to the hill, to the home in the hills. And I walked out, my brother met me and he said, I don't know whether she'll know you or not. And I went in and knelt down beside her bed and I took her hand. Her eyelids were paralyzed for a good many years and she couldn't see except that she would lift them. I knelt down and took her hand and she, I said, Mo, do you know me? She felt out over my face and said, Yes, this is my baby boy. She said, This is my preacher boy. And then she said, Son, I want you to sing for me. And I said, what do you want to sing? She said, sing when I can read my titles clear to mansions in the sky. I'll bid farewell to every fear and wipe my weeping eyes. And then she said, son. Before you were born, when I carried you under my heart, I asked God would let you be my preacher man. And when the day you were born, like Hannah, I dedicated you to the Lord. And I have watched every night now when eight o'clock would come, I'd pray for you. I listened to you on the radio every day, every morning. She said, great crowds come to hear you where you go to preach. And she said, great temptations will come to you, and that will be a compromise with worldly people. She said, promise your mother, son, before she goes to heaven that you'll go on and preach the old gospel because it's just like I taught it to you when you were a little boy. And then my mother, then my mother said, I, would you pray? And I prayed. And after I prayed, she started clapping her hands and singing, I'm going home, I'm going home, I'm going home to die no more, to die no more, to die no more. One morning, five o'clock in Indianapolis, my phone rang and my brother-in-law said, Mother died this morning at two o'clock. I sat down on the side of the bed and cried like a child. My wife put her arm around me and I said, Honey... It's the first time I've ever been without a mother. And then, and then, my friend, I'm going to say this to you. I said it's the first time I've ever been without a mother. But she's gone up to heaven now. And she's up there tonight. And I believe, I believe she went up tonight and said, Jesus, help my baby boy preach tonight. And I believe Dad and my, I believe Bill said... Dad, don't give up now. You haven't got much longer to go. I'll be coming some of these days soon. But let me tell you, my friend, I believe she's looking down from heaven tonight at her boy, at her baby boy. Amen. And she said, go on and preach the old gospel. Listen, Ma, I've never failed you. And I've never failed in this whole book. And I want you to know that your baby boy still loves it and preaches it. Hallelujah